thanks for joining us for another intriguing edition of the Stack Pack. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. What's up, guys? Uh, this is Stack Pack for another week, hanging out with uh, my brothers in Stack, as always. Mr. Uh, Road Dan, currently Canadan again. Canadan. Canadan for the last time this year. Cool, cool. Where are you? You're in Montreal? Montreal? Mo- Montreal. And uh, good old um, Big Bad Mountain Man. And, yeah, um, cheers. Partied in Dallas. And um, as always, David Howell, me. Um, and I'm actually not in um, the tip of Texas anymore. I am in New York with my dear, dear brother. What's up, motherfucker? Hello, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Your real brother. <laughs> yes, my real Your actual brother. brother. Actual brother. Actual brother. You guys are like my brothers, but you know. Actual brother, Andrew Howell. Um, it's an honor and a privilege, gentlemen. <laughs> So uh, we got a we got an episode. There's a lot of shit in this one. It's gonna be a doozy. It's gonna be fucking long. Let's just uh, let's jump into it. Yeah, it's it. gonna be long. We're probably gonna get a little sloppy. Uh, a little. Sorry, I'm looking at this guy. Fl- what's his name? Floridian. <laughs> Florian. Florian Meyer Borsch. <laughs> he looks like he looks like Ron Howard with a beautiful head of hair. You mean Fabio? I mean, like as soon as they showed like the clip, like going into the store, it's just like oh. Smutty romance novel. Let's yeah, go. But he was too scrawny. He, he looked like Opie with some extra hair. All right, so getting ahead of ourselves. This first case is a missing persons. Um, we're pretty much talking about our girl, Lisa Bishop. She's the main missing person. Like, floor, you know, this person we're talking about, they don't get into, like, what if his parents give a fuck or not. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Fabio? Oh, no. Yeah. No one cares about Fabio. Um, so the story goes, the uh, we're talking about the Freedon. And the Freedon yeah. is, um, it sounds like a nice, like, ship that would, like, take you to, like, Ellis Island and, you know, hundreds of hundreds of years, hundreds of years ago or whatever. But it's really a rusted piece of shit. Um, <laughs> it looks like you need a tetanus shot. Yeah. Yeah. So many, <laughs> I've never seen so many rusty ass bikes before in my entire life. And when they were doing the, showing those Freedon. The last known pictures of the Freedon. Mm-hmm. This, our yeah. story takes place in Haiti. Um, you know, basically, this was a time where Haiti was like, you know, they, they've been through some shit recently, but they're, they've come a long way from just, you know, this time, which is our story take pla- takes place in 1989. They've come a long way since even then. Um, they were kind of talking about how, you know, um, you know, the people who live in Haiti live on, you know, less than a dollar a day and how it's Haiti is still one of the poorest countries in the Western hemisphere. So I'm sure even back then it was still very, uh, you know, destitute shitty. Yeah. Yeah. The average income was less than $300 uh, per year Mm -hmm. per year. Per year. They did say Man, that. Man, I wish I could live off of $300 a year. Shit. Lots of rusty bikes. <laughs> Lots of rusty bikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a lot of, uh, so, you know, naturally there was a lot of smuggling between ports. Uh, the main, we're, we're pretty much talking stuff from Miami going into uh, uh, Haiti and vice versa. Probably the, the, the first more than the latter. <laughs> well, Bob Stack made it seem like the Caribbean was just littered with boats just like this one. <laughs> it's like the Caribbean is just full of just rusty bike ships going between Haiti and Miami. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like one after the other. Yeah. 
He's an importer exporter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Art Vandalay must have been the captain of the Freedon at Art, some point. Art Vandalay. <laughs> oh, you you, uh, you you missed the uh, two forty five p.m. rust bucket to Haiti. Don't worry, you mm-hmm. can catch the two fifty five p.m. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every ten minutes, right on schedule, they got one going all. They going going Miami to Haiti. It's crazy. <laughs> I just imagine a bunch of kids in Haiti. Where's my hell's my bike? I yeah. just went inside for like two seconds. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no tracking numbers on those things. Your, your bike missed the last ferry. It's going to be on the next ferry. Mm-hmm. So, so January 1989 um, is when our story starts. And this is a little post what's going on. Um, there are jets searching the Caribbean for this boat. Um, we get like some sort of like person involved telling us that like, the you know members of the missing crew got a hold of them and they started they look like a couple days after and they started looking so what we're talking is one dude who's a um, mysterious german sea captain and um, <laughs> his name is florian meyer borsch and lisa bishop who we've already got into and seven haitian crew members who they're just like they don't even, nobody cares. they don't need names they don't fuck yeah whatever he he does look like ron howard with lots of hair <laughs> Basically, Lisa wanted to write this epic article comparing saturation of wealth in America compared to, you know, the... Disc- the she just really wanted to study the income disparity between the U.S. and Haiti. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'll Which, probably yeah. just use that. Okay. The, the, stark, the stark contrast between... <laughs> yeah. I, was trying, I was trying to wax... I was trying to wax... Uh, poetic? Yeah. Wax hey, poetic. Hey, I can't even hey, fucking... Hey, Andrew, that thank, term. Th- th- thanks, for, uh, thanks for simplifying it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> This is right around the time we get uh, introduced to Mr. Paul Cornwell, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, the, uh, my guy, Paul Cornwell. The, he, my... he had the Hulk Hogan look. <laughs> Dude, yeah. He Anything's has... a step up from fucking Paul Cornwell. He had the look on his the... face of someone who's had that comb over since he was about 13 years old. <laughs> the, the... <laughs> the, the hair of a Chinaman and the skin of a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't, dude, I don't think I was Chinaman watching... is the proper nomenclature. <laughs> so so uh, I just want to point out, we, I was watching this episode with Brandon and um, Trotter, the, um, the other roommate who lives here, staying with my brother in New York, um, in Brooklyn. And what do you say? I, I would have. I would have. I would have went in and fucked Florian too. <laughs> I would. I would have. I would have banged Florian on a on a mysterious rust bucket too. Fuck it. Yeah, he's hey. got a full head of hair. We all would have. Hey, well, to be on, I I would have hit it. Yeah. We know. We know, Dan. With 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 a, with, with, with a head of hair like that. Ooh. Compared to her her other boyfriend who. Was lacking it's either in the Fabio hair or Hulk Hogan. Which one are you going to pick? Fabio or Hulk Hogan? Yeah. Fabio. <laughs> so, yeah. As, as, long, as long as he spritz my, like, my bread with I can't believe it's not butter. Mm, um, vegetable spread. So, somewhere between Miami and Haiti, the Freedon went missing. And basically, you know, Stack lays out a couple of the rumors we get. Pirates, smugglers, which is probably the most likely, and maybe an encounter with the mysterious Bermuda Triangle. I think that's like a ding, ding, ding. That's our second uh, mention yeah, of the Bermuda like, Triangle yeah, this like season. They're, they're weaving that. They're they're weaving that theme into this whole season. Is there more in this season? Yeah. No. Yeah, there's uh, like yeah. six more cases in this season yeah. that discuss that. Just talk about 
the Bermuda the Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Fucking with me. Bullshit. No, there's. I, I actually. No, there's a there's a few. I don't know about six. On on unsolved.com, I I looked up the Bermuda Triangle to see if there was any more cases that even had anything to do with it. Because I was thinking of like more movies we could cover. Like there's movies mm-hmm. about the Bermuda Triangle, um, and this is like the closest thing I could I could come up with was Lisa Bishop in the Freedon and Creepy Florian. Speaking of Florian, Lisa's parents didn't like this creep. Um, the dad has like kind of like a racist, not race. I don't know. It's just like as soon as I saw a picture of him, I knew that boy wasn't right. <laughs> like, not in so many words, but I, I think I think he meant not right, like is, and you know, lighting the loafers right. <laughs> I felt really, really bad for her father. He obviously cared about her a great deal, and you could just see the anguish on his face. And he's just always like, he's like, well, I, she called us on Christmas, and I, I told her I, I said, honey, you, I don't want you to get on that boat. And um, you know, she got off the boat, and last we heard of her, yeah, yeah. she said everything will be all right, Daddy. Um, uh, everything sorry. wasn't all right, Daddy. No way. And I, actually, I do have the line that I wrote as Trotter set it down. <coughs> uh, we decided we'd all go fuck Florian on a weird boat too. <laughs> <laughs> I almost so, spit up my whiskey. <laughs> there's one point. There, there's one point where uh, Bob Stack says that for Lisa, a chance to go on a freighter to Haiti was the chance of a lifetime. So we're all people. We all live lifetimes. We're all people. To who? To who's? To who's? What who, standard? Who grows of, up? Who grows up dreaming to go on a rust bucket to Haiti? But you know, she was a journalist, and um, yeah, that was her thing. And you know, more power to her, even though she's yeah, down. Exactly. Dan's drinking a hundred proof whiskey. Acknowledged. Oh, it's old. He's granddad. drinking old granddad. Old granddaddy. It, it probably. I was going to say, does it taste any better in Canada? But the answer is probably no. Because <laughs> it's awful. I don't think it's I've ever wretched had stuff. Is it? Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> I've never had it. it. It's a good table whiskey. Like you know, if you add some water to it and like a dash of bitters, it's great. Um, it's what my grandfather used to drink. In your granddad used to drink old granddad, real original. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Yeah, my granddad drank granddad. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> So the route was supposed to be, they were going to make a stop before they went to Haiti. 600 miles past Cuba, they were going to go to a place called, uh, fuck, I wrote it down, Guinevese? Guinevese? It's French, so I don't probably, something like that, yeah. He pronounced, Robert Stagg pronounced it well. It's G-O-N-A-I-V-E-S, like, Guinevese, Guinevese, Guinevese. Um, and of course, they never arrived. They never arrived there. So I'm pretty sure that this fucking piece of shit just sank on the way to Haiti. And <laughs> what about these sightings? <laughs> this sightings. Okay, so we'll think about it this way, right? So Lisa Bishop goes missing, right? So no one cares about this Florian guy. He never turned up ever again either. From the research I've been able to piece together. No. So yeah. you're right. Um, either that or the crew. So you know that. I mean, the Coast Guard looked for them. I mean, look, looking for a boat yeah. in the middle of the ocean is looking for, like, a needle in a fucking haystack. But yeah. it's still, like, I think it's very likely that the that, that shit just this shit sank. sank. It, 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 it's at yeah. the bottom of the Atlantic somewhere. I mean, they did an extensive search. They didn't find anything. 
Lisa's family and friends wouldn't give up, mainly her boyfriend and her mom. Um, they're actually married now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's like the boyfriend married the, the boyfriend and the mom. <laughs> they look more wow. age appropriate. We're staring at them right now. The episode's yeah. playing. While they we're... actually do look pretty age appropriate. <laughs> Lisa's mom aged well, though. I'll tell you that much. Uh, yeah. Jesus um, Christ. I'm saying that a grieving mother from 30 years ago is hot. That's the... That's, that's what I'm doing right now. Here we are. Um, so we do every week. So um, Dave Nickel, who they give us his name, but it doesn't really matter. He's a reporter. He, he wrote a story. and but, uh, but his story led to this underwater salvager named Bob Nygaard. And this guy was talking about how he saw this, uh, how he saw this boat. He's like, hey, that name rings a bell in my fucking head. Because in the Grand Cayman, he was working at a harbor, kind of salvaging underwater, I suppose, when he means working. Um, sorry, we just saw the picture of all the bikes on the boat. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny. Um, um, isn't it funny when they when they introduce this guy, Bob, that his, uh, underneath it says, saw the freedom, <laughs> like quotations. Saw the freedom, like in quotations. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he says... He said that he noticed that um, he's like, oh, man, these guys must want freedom so bad they can't even spell the word right. <laughs> like he had a good chuckle with his buddy about it. And, um, and yeah, great dad joke, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like his outfit. These guys look so funny. The two the two scuba, the scuba divers. Bob says that he saw the ship in Georgetown that afternoon. And the next morning, it definitely was gone. Of course it was. Um and, uh, yeah, that was 500 miles from Haiti, which would have been their final location. They actually went, uh, the boyfriend, Ho- Hogan and the mom. Hogan and the hot mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's really not. Hogan, uh, Hogan and the hot mom. Hogan, Hogan and the hot mom canvassed the Grand Cayman area, the, specifically right. Georgetown. Um, to see if they could find anything and else about. Kind of sounds like they just went on a romance cruise. And he looks way better with his hair pulled back. I must say, he's got that. Uh, it, he's got that. The, just a different look. He's got that swap, and he's got those sunglasses with like the green. Like it's got like green '90s sunglasses, like those Wayfarers <laughs> with the green. Yeah, he 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 had a he had a scum sc- uh, a particular scumminess about him that was really real, real nice. <laughs> And then he's all sweaty too. Like they show his shirt, and he's just like all his sweats just dripping through his shirt. <laughs> so, as I was preparing for this case, um, I found an interesting Reddit thread on the "without a trace" subreddit. And oh shit! Okay. It was, okay. and it was written. The post was created by a friend of Lisa and her boyfriends. And boyfriends, um, I'm gonna read. Yeah, her. She was a friend. Boyfriends, friend, like plural. She was friends with Lisa and her Lisa's boyfriend Paul, the guy with the coat. Oh, oh, oh! It's like boyfriends. Like, damn, girl. Yeah. She got around. So, well, I mean, maybe she did. Who knows? She's long gone now. But we'll never know. Um, anyway, so I'm going to read a couple of excerpts from this Reddit thread. Um, she says that at the time of Lisa's disappearance, I was renting a house from Lisa's boyfriend, Paul Cornwell, and I heard the story from him on several occasions. Over the years, Paul assisted Lisa's parents in the search for her and even traveled to the Cayman Islands and Jamaica to investigate leads with no success. So theories about what happened to Lisa include, one, that Lisa was murdered, two, that she was sold into sexual slavery, 
or three that the Freedon was lost at sea and the sighting of the ship that was reported weeks later was just a case of mistaken identification, which I I'm more I kind of lean towards number three. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Really? Because because that's such a specific weird name of a thing, mm. Freedon. Yeah, but dude, little that that little Miss Murder too, when that lady was like, I saw I that was a very unique. Yeah. Plate as well. Oh, the little. Oh, yeah. Everybody, down. everybody saw and that Lisa, shit. Did, did you? Did you? And that, sh- yeah. and that shit was buried in that dude's backyard. That he he killed her, and then he he buried her car. And everybody swore up and down that they saw her car and her license plate, Little Miss. But so yeah, I I a hundred percent agree with you, brother. Yeah. Nice. I mean, oh yeah. Uh, so anyway, Anyways, the, the Reddit continue, po- continue. the Reddit post continues. Um, she says, I've thought long and hard about this and really don't have a strong opinion as to what may have really happened to her. There is just so little concrete evidence about what actually happened to the Freedon after it left Miami. It's as if the ship simply vanished along with the crew and captain as well as Lisa. Um, she says, in my opinion, the key to solving this mystery is to try, and down, try to track down more information about Florian Borsch. He has an unusual name and should appear in databases. Since Flory was a German national, it's possible that any new information might be in that language, which is a barrier for me to personally search for as I don't really read or understand German very well. Um, But yeah, I mean, so basically it's sort of, you know, this person knew the people involved and, you know, I think... uh, Has never stopped thinking about it. Has never stopped thinking about it. And um, this was from... This post was three years ago on... uh, Wow. On the uh, without a trace subreddit, um, the user the user is strange um, dash beacons. So that's a that is that mm. another show? That's another show, right? Without a trace. That's the TV show they're talking about. Um, no, yeah, I yeah. Think this is just the subject of a thing. But oh no, not, there, no, not. there there is a show on. I think it's either History Channel or National Geographic that's called Without a Trace. And they just cover like mysterious dispar- uh, disappearances. Yeah, I, it's also I a was, shitty I CBS was, drama called. I was familiar oh. with this like case. I don't. I tried looking up from where I've heard it from before. Lisa Bishop sounds really yeah. familiar. Well, and I well, just, well, just I I eat up so much like podcasts. Yeah, and true crime, shows, true crime. So I, I like I could not figure out for the life of me where I had heard this story first. Um, just to kind of finish the story because there is a little bit of weird stuff that we haven't got into. Um. Um, nobody's so at, when they asked around the Cayman Islands, nobody had seen Lisa, but they had seen Florian with a short fellow with dark black hair, and uh, um, they so they knew they had seen Florian, but this obviously was not a Haitian of any sort. You know what I'm saying? Like this was a white guy with dark hair, a short white right. guy with dark hair. Um, Paul returned to Atlanta and talked to this woman. Um, who had like, who had some of Florian's stuff in storage, for some reason, and this girl identified the short, black-haired man as a man named Philippe, and and this guy was in pictures with Florian, and um, they also figured out that this guy might have been involved in drug smuggling. So that's one of their theories is that, you know, maybe she went with these people but didn't understand that they were kind of involved in some sh- shady shit, and something like that. Well, see, my thing is, is if the ship had not sank, then somebody, like more than one person, would have seen it after she disappeared. Yeah. Um, and you know, one rust bucket looks like another rust bucket. Exactly. Yeah, there was people that said that they could have like painted it or whatever. I don't know. Especially loaded with rusty bikes. That's how the <laughs> that's how the segment ends. Is the Freedon rumors say the Freedon 
may still um, sail the sail sail the seas of the Caribbean under a different name, but that it's like like specific bent mass has been seen with like a different paint job or something. I gotta give them some credit for this production quality though, because they really did get a rust buckety piece of shit and paint the word free on it. <laughs> yeah, they really they did. Really did yeah. that. They've got more money to play around with now. Yeah. I hope they tried that uh, delicious cider that they make in the Cayman Islands. You know that Cayman cider? <laughs> and that's the stock pack this week, everybody. We will see you later. <laughs> and, and we're, we're out. out. Um <laughs> Okay, so the next case. Our next is, case is Adam Arthur Hecht. Yeah, this is oh, a good case. I'm uh, I'm passing the baton over to our friend uh, Brandini. Um, he's going to take it from here. We uh, yay, both, yay. We both particularly like Andrew. It was a pleasure. This next it case. It was a pleasure having you. Good night. Have a good. Be safe. Good night. Yeah. Thanks for your in, input. 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 Yeah, we're not going to cover the case of the. Uh, what do you call it? The the update because we've already covered that in a different episode. So we're just gonna go straight to the missing, the other missing persons case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maria Armstrong, you know the weird lady who killed her boyfriend and was like hanging out in a desert town. They found her. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So let's get into this. Um. This is a really. Uh, this is this is one of those cases that, as funny as the reenactment is, it's one of those cases that was like, oh, this is kind of the reason I like this show, is this is a really creepy, just like totally unknown, weird, unsolved mystery. But at the same time, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, this happens in the in the hills of Beverly. In the hills of Beverly, there, there was a man. He was a black man, and he dug through trash. There was a black man who closed <laughs> one <was> eye. <laughs> And decided that that was good enough makeup. He was affluent in the streets. <laughs> and a monster in the sheets. <laughs> so, um, before we get into this case, before we get into this case, um, we're here with our friend uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon Matthew, who's a dear, dear buddy. What's up, dude? Hello. And, I always uh, forget, uh, you know, like when you do these podcasts, you always lower your voice a little bit to sound sexier. I don't. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm just like, hey, listen to me. Because I really sound like this. But when I do a podcast, <laughs> I sound like this, right? Like He puts on his NPR voice. Hey, guys, what you doing? A podcast there? I'd love to do it. <laughs> I wonder if people that listen to us be like, damn, these guys have a lot of friends. <laughs> I hope yes, so. Yes, we do. Um, we do. We, we roll do. deep. We really do. Yeah, we have, we have fun. Um, all right, so yeah, so in the hills of Beverly, it's so cool. Like we're actually watching the episode here. <laughs> in the hills of Beverly, um, we're going to be talking about a uh, guy named yeah Adam Hecht, and um, he. This is a missing persons case. Spoiler alert: uh, Winter of 1989, 24-year-old Adam Hecht met a homeless guy. And tried to help him out. So, but to give you a little background, tried on to uh, boy, better his position, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm, but to give you a better uh, background on this guy, he he was uh, 24 years old, like I said. His dad was like a really successful film producer. He had like a he had a brother and sister. His mom and had his the, mom was in a bad need of polydent. Dude, his really. Do you know what I noticed about his mom? Is she had that old timey Hollywood voice? Oh no. 
Oh, she totally <laughs> had that, but you didn't hear like her dentures constantly like Judge coming on the <laughs> Like it's just like Adam was so nice. He was such a sweetheart. He was just trying to help him out. Um, let's talk about this seriously because I I paid attention to this episode particularly because the homeless dude looks batshit. Yeah, crazy. He does look really funny. So don't be mean. He just likes to give kisses. He just <laughs> come here then. Let us have a kiss. He's, he says us. There's more than one person in his head. Um, <laughs> come here and give baby a kiss. So so he was 24 years old, rich family. He was making his way as a tennis instructor, I guess. And um, his friend said he was bright, independent, funny. You know, friendly. And um, in so January 10th, friendly. 1989. Is the day that him and his bro went to a deli for a breakfast. They went to a deli contestant. And and after they sat down, Adam went outside and started talking to this random homeless man with a bad eye. And just to let you know, in this reenactment, um, it's basically, what would you say? Just a guy, like... Closing one eye, closing shut. one, closing his left eye, yeah, and that might be the extent almost. Uh, keeping his mouth open, he keeps his mouth open a lot. And he's just like, uh, I don't know. He's constantly wondering about something. <laughs> constantly wondering about something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can see it. So he, yeah. So he went outside of the restaurant and talked to this random dude. It's just like. Super, and, and this really startled the brother. He was like, why would he just go outside and talk to this random homeless man? This is where he's speaking to us, because you would like to think that, didn't you ever feel that way? You know, you, you kind of want to do that all the time, no? But you just never do it. I think everybody kind of, yeah. I think everybody, that's come across everybody's mind. So, You're just like, yeah. what simple thing could I do to like turn this dude's life around? Yeah, but like you don't really ever do it. Why is that? Well, because this is, this is what separates that he invites him to dinner, and his mom's like, what? She doesn't seem like a week or something. It's like, oh, I can't wait to. That's so great. I'm so glad you're here. I miss you so much. What the fuck? Who's this dude? <laughs> and then he's just there with one eye open, like just looking at you. Hey, ma. <laughs> yeah. Asking for a kiss. But Give that's yeah, that's funny. So that's why we kiss. don't do that shit because that's, that's gonna happen. That's exactly why. Yeah. This this yeah this this case answers why we don't do that. So yeah, <laughs> so mystery solved. Whoa. Well, we did. We solved one. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Bye guys. We've done. We've yeah, completed but, our mission. <laughs> and notice that the mom plays her. She plays herself in the very beautifully. Yeah. Oh no, sweetheart! I just thought She's my like, boy, oh. my boy, he had a sweetheart. God. He was so nice. God, the smell, the smell was so bad. Oh man! But it was funny. Like this is when he prays. That Tony starts waving his hands and starts praying over his his yeah. two cheeseburgers. So which good. Just like it was two buns. Dude, did you see? There was no meat in there. Was yeah, it was just bread and French fries. <laughs> there was no meat. I, I noticed that the first time I watched okay, it. Okay, so there was no so meat. So Tony, there. With, what we don't discuss is Tony was a hardcore vegan. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I mean, we're we're just like making fun of things, but like to give you more, like you know, let's go over what happened. So, so he started talking to the dude at this diner, and the brother was like, "That's weird." And then he's like, "What was that all about?" When he came back in, he's like, "Nothing." They ate, and when the brother walked back to his car, he turned around and noticed that he was talking to him again. And mm. apparently, within a couple of weeks, he had asked the dude to move into his house, 
And this is when, yeah. and this is when yeah, they go over to the mom's p- place for <laughs> dinner, and he's just like, "Oh, this is my friend Tony. Um, I, he's living with me. He's homeless." And she's just like, "Oh, nice to meet you." Like her. <laughs> you would you would think if he was living there though, like he would have showered. What's okay? So what's this guy's name? The the Tony. Tony. His name's Tony. The homeless guy. The homeless guy's just named Tony. That, you're kidding. I yeah. thought it was okay. Um he his thing was he was becoming kind of disillusioned with his like richness and his like fancy ass upbringing and he started helping out this guy and Tony was kind of this guy who was I think helping him out on this journey as well kind of being like like oh you know kind of, like there's scenes like in the reenactment like a common person like a normal person like he was like like a spiritual guide I would even say like Buddhist a little bit. I don't know. Like there's like points where he's like saying like all the things and all your possessions like they don't mean anything like that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. But but they don't, but they don't talk about that. You just kind of see that in the reenactment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he really didn't need much, and I think he he probably admired Adam probably admired that about Tony. Um. Yeah. So they she goes over to dinner. The mom's like, man. The smell was unbelievable. She, she, he, she was like legitimately f- scared. Really, yeah. s- really scared me. I was it, most scared oh, of the smell. It scared me. It, did, it was so scary. Oh God! Oh jeez! Just the scariest thing it was. The it most was. scariest smell. Well, yeah. I'm Josh Gabor. Like I don't know. She had this old timey Hollywood like voice about her. Um, and you know, she asked her son what the fuck was going on. He just kind of said like, he's helping me become a better person. Uh, somebody that's more than just, you know, a rich, a guy with some cash is, you know, the the way he, the way they made it seem, but you know, and and then we get the sister who's like, looks like she's just really fucking like pissed and frustrated and doesn't want to talk to the people. Right. Who also coincidentally starred in the craft. (laughs) She looks like that uh, chick. From, what was her name? Fair, uh, Veruca Bulk. Uh, is that her name? Veruca Salt. The girl from the, the, cra- <laughs> the Craft and Almost Famous. and Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Um, so, yeah. She's very... She, she said that her brother was, like, very preppy. Always had a nice car. And was always really, like, upbeat. And then he kind of became this mystical character. And his sister literally says, I... Like, I didn't know him anymore. Yeah. Coincidentally, how old was Adam when he went missing? 24. Like, during all this? 24? Yeah. Mm. And how, old, how old was old James, or whatever his name is? Old James. Old, uh, old James. <laughs> you mean what? old Tony? So, he began <clears throat> to hang out on Skid Row. This dude, like, just went full, like, homeless. He's, like... um Spending his nights just like on the streets. There's even in the reenactment. There's like a a bit where he's uh, um, like, "Hey, come and help me bring this food." And he was like giving food to all the, I guess the people, um, that he could. He would help people out. Um, Dude, you, I, I guess you could say he was um, bumming around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he also he also um, his brother said that he kind of started to understand the homeless pro- the homeless problems. And also, this is the weird part where they talk about the rituals that him and Tony would do, which is kind of weird. They're like endurance rituals. 
So Tony, Tony explain. Uh, well, Tony and Adam have a nice candlelight dinner yeah. and do a ritual together. And the dinner is their roasted hand. Like <laughs> they, they, they're eating New York rats. <laughs> they're eating some sweet. Good night, good night, David. Don't let the rats scratch your eyes out. It's like they surely do to some people. That's what I told him last night before he went to bed. <laughs> that is true. Brandon told that would me. Be terrible. Brandon kept telling That's me the he's only like reason I'm scared to move or Brent, to, to visit over there. Brandon kept telling me he's like he's like oh you this can finish eating my food but you better not throw it away or else those rats are gonna come and find it and they and they may or may not scratch your eyes out in the nighttime. <laughs> hey, can you really not keep food in your house? <laughs> no, you can. But I was trying to get David to throw away. He my leftovers me outside. To... Like, I wanted them to walk outside and throw them away. So I tried to trick yeah. him by saying, if you throw them away inside, the rats are going to smell it and come and, s- and claw your eyes out until you tell them where the food's at. <laughs> so he's the like, ra- eh. there's, there's lots of rats outside, but we're, in, we're okay. We're good in here. Just I said, where's the fucking out? leftovers, bitch? <laughs> oh, those <laughs> so <laughs> then, chorizo is good. Not, not what I'm used to, but very good. Used to, but very good. <laughs> so... He's like, I'm not going outside to throw away leftovers. I'll just throw them away under the sink, which is where a trash can is. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's where they all live. They're going to smell it. And they come thank you by scratching your eyes out of your sockets. Scratching my All right, good night, David. <laughs> good night. Have fun with the rats. Um, yeah, those scare me. I was thinking about the rats all night. As you would. <laughs> As one does when as one does when is when one is threatened by rats that like want, you know they don't want to do anything it's just like a mean How do pure we... evil act all they want to do is blind me with their tiny little claws <laughs> <laughs> they just want to scratch my eyes out what the fuck where's my food David thanks for the leftovers Papa <laughs> time to go blind. How did we get into this conversation about rats? We were talking about old James and obviously his association with being homeless. Old James. I can't remember his name and I'm not going to. It's Tony. (laughs) And so like, yeah, we're talking about their, we're talking about them eating New York rats over an open flame. But what they were really doing is like waving their hands over dumpster rats. He would put his hand over the open flame to like test his endurance. (laughs) And his mom was like, darling, what did you do to your hand? Oh, that's and right. Like, we, oh, Tony and I were doing an exper- experiment. Darling, why? That's what we were talking about. I that's what we were like, talking about. We were talking about their, their candlelight dinner eating rats. I like how his, his responses, too, to his mom, everything that he says is so nonchalant. It's like, what did you do to your hand? Relax, mom. We just had roast hand, okay? <laughs> so, that, like, when, when he brings them over for dinner, like, oh, my God, who is... Relax, mom. We're just, just doing some, some casual... homeless one-eyed man I just met that stinks worse than anything you've ever smelled before. <laughs> You're probably going to remember the smell for the rest of your oh, life. Oh, the smell. Just be cool, mom. You never let me have anything. You never, you <laughs> never, never let me do... You never let me have friends over. <laughs> you never let me do any casual rituals with homeless men, mom. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's, it's what it is like comedy gold, huh? So, Relax, mom. <laughs> AIDS is in. Okay. <laughs> um, so June tenth of nineteen eighty nine, brother, um, his brother hadn't heard from him in a couple of days, so he goes over to the house, and Tony would like not let him in, and he was like, 
he was like, he, in the reenactment, he's like, oh, it's it's really hot in here. And it's like, where's my brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really hot in here. Uh, it's hot, it's hot in, in here. here. I'm just going to shut the door on you now. Bye. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's really hot in here. You're, you're letting all the cold air out, bitch. <laughs> you're, letting, you're letting all the cold air and the stank out. You're letting the stank out. <laughs> hey, can you close the door? You're letting all of your dead son stank out of the room. <laughs> Dead brother. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's oh, the, the monk. monk. The monk comes later, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the monk. Yeah, <laughs> the monk. The mom. This is when he wants a kiss. <laughs> so yeah, the fine. The brother. Sure, you want me to do that one? Sure. Hey, can you close the door? You're letting all your dead brother stink out of the room, brother. I just like this corpse. Try to get me some. Oh man, thanks for giving me. Th- I, I could choose from him. This will be great. Oh my god, my brother's dead. You killed my brother. Well, he was alive when we started. <laughs> all right, all right. He was alive when he started. So the mom does go back the next day, and she. This is an important part. She tries. She lets herself in because she has a key, and this is when Tony says. Uh, give me a kiss. Give us, give us a kiss, like like in the formal, like you know, old English style. Give us a kiss, give and us. literally grabbed her, and she said it was it was so scary. It was scary. It was just the scariest thing. Oh jeez. Oh lord, Tony. Yeah, when he says, "What's the matter?" He said, "What's wrong? Are you scared? are you afraid of me?" Yeah, I, where's my son? I just, I just want to know where my son is. And I then, am your son. And then, yeah, he's like, I, I am your son. That was creepy. That was weird. She said it just scared. She, she said it was just so scary. Um, yeah, it's super fucking creepy. So that's when they filed the missing persons report and filed for Ronnie's eviction. Ronnie, and filed Tony, for yeah. Tony's eviction. What's his name? The his name's Ronnie, the homeless T- man. Tony. 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 Wait, no, no, Tony. no, the other guy. What's his name? Adam. Adam. He- Adam. The kid's Adam. Adam is the kid. Okay. So going into his eviction, did you guys notice like the reenactment as like as they evicted him? It was just like ten people leaning on a cop car just releasing a homeless man back into the wild. Like, there he goes. Go off, little scamp. Push, push that shopping cart down the alley. Keep going. Keep Good going. luck. Keep yeah. going. No, don't look back. Don't look back. Just keep going. Run. You're free. You're free now. You're free. I love you. You're free. That's the worst part of this case is like how little they did. They Yeah, they and and then they just watch him. They don't they don't arrest him. Nothing. They just watch him. The way it goes in the episode is it was July 9th as the family stood as he was actually evicted from the apartment. And they came to the conclusion somehow they decided that Tony was not at all involved in Adam's disappearance. Which is just like bogus, and the mom just yeah like, for sure, and the mom in her old timey Hollywood voice is just like, just, yeah. And then they, they find they, they find parking tickets on his old car, right? So they find his car and it's well yeah, a month yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. After a, a month after he went missing, they do yeah exactly. Yeah, so a month later they discover his uh, car parked uh, not too far from his house, right? They said it was like a couple of miles yeah. or something like that. And it was covered, like the windshield was covered in parking tickets. So it, it led them to believe that it wasn't there for like a day or two. Like it had been there for at least weeks. For a while. The keys and, were still uh, in the it, ignition though. Yeah, like they, they, they said it was very interesting that like, the keys were still in the ignition. Um, his wallet was still in the car. 
and it had all of his personal belongings, like cash was just still in yeah, there. Yeah, he had like six hundred Like in, nothing was missing. Yeah. So it was just kind of like you know, he like he got into his car, drove, and you know, like parked his car, got out, and just like disappeared. So did he get killed? By, like, some homeless people, by Tony or whatever? Or did he just fully reject his, like, affluent lifestyle and I just, think, and just I think live happy with the homeless? Like, I think this guy had, like, a multiple personality disorder. And just, you know, hanging out with his homeless friend Tony just kind of allowed him to dive deeper and deeper into that psychosis that he just ultimately kind of just, like, one day just went crazy and just, you know drove somewhere and wandered off into the into the homelessness. I honestly don't I don't think no, I wouldn't say multiple personality disorder. I kind of think that he was just raised this way. I mean 24 is very young, very mature. He yeah. he was raised well, that's why he I, was raised this way and he probably and he probably just fully rejected it like like he he probably just fully rejected it. And God you're doing some ri- sort of you're shit. doing rituals. You're doing candlelit rituals with a homeless yeah. man in a fucking like storm drain. Well, like, that's what I was asking. That's why I was asking. You're not exactly was, mentally stable if you're doing that. Yeah, but I went through something kind of similar where you kind of want to see what your other life, what your life could have been. So very easily. So that was sed- the first time you held your hand over an open flame. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have gone to that extent, but I mean... But I, when I'm you're not, 24, you're s- way more easily suggestible. Like, like you could fall into the wrong crowd very easily. That's like, that's... Even then, at 24, like, like oh, I'm gonna... I'm gonna get a third-degree burn on my hand to, like, learn a life experience of... I, from a homeless man. No, it's just a like, burn. I'm sorry. That's dumb. That, that, that's just like, hey, I'm fucked I'm up sorry. with my homeless Actually, friend. Actually, you might be you under something I mean? there. You really might be under like, something. Like, that, that is, that, that is like, a, a, a blatant telltale sign of, like, there's some mental, Not mental necessarily. issues. Not necessarily. I mean, you know, like, same thing. Like, Suic- uh, probably suicidal more than anything, maybe. Yeah. He probably could have been going through some depression. Like, he was, like... Wondering what you know. I didn't even think I'm about privileged. that. Privileged. I woke up with. I, I woke up. You know. I I was born in this family, and what could my life have been like? I've never had poor? to earn anything. I've everything's yeah. been given to me. Yeah, he could have. He could have gone through that route and been like, you know, what? I want to see what life would have been like had I been born a different person. And like, so he yeah, I think to like immerse himself in like this uh, homelessness and like makes himself homeless, and then he kind of like a, I don't know, almost like a sacrifice. I don't. I don't know. Anything could happen to him at that point, but like he definitely put himself there. He he definitely put himself in that situation. Cause, yeah, I mean, but who knows what he was going through? His brother says that like it, they were the one who, was, who were talking about how he would just spend the nights on Skid Row, just in the worst homeless area, just kind of like soaking that up. Did I say right. on Skid Row? I meant listening to Skid Row. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> he was a big fan of Skid Row. You guys got that wrong in the Unsolved Mysteries episode. It's like my brother, he's still alive. He's right there in the corner. He's a fucking loser. He's listening to Skid Row records. He's been doing that for like 20 years. <laughs> he's just got a, an we old iPod. The, the first generation iPod just filled with Skid Row albums. Oh, that's so stupid. <laughs> So, uh, mystery solved, actually. He's alive. He just fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's fine. He's fine. So, nothing on this, right? Did you guys find anything? No. Mm-hmm. No. Um, no, he's still missing. Still could, missing. Could, could have a beard. 
Um, to this day, he'd be 52. That's not old at all. What I want to know is what happened to uh, to Tony. <laughs> That's what's on everyone's mind. Honestly, yeah, for sure. Because they just let this guy back out into the wilderness, as you put it. <laughs> or what the, whole, the whole time his mom was talking about Tony and not her son. Like, Just Tony, tell him I really yeah. miss him. That smell, oh, I just cannot get over that smell. <laughs> I'll never forget that smell. <laughs> this isn't a story about how Adam went missing and how he walked away from his affluent life. This is a story about how a poor homeless man was evicted from a place that he, he's like, yes, I finally came up on life. Life finally gave me a win. I got an apartment. So, Adam, Adam walked away from his life and left me. This rich guy paid for my apartment and let me live here. And then the cops come and take him away. Nope, sorry, you can't live here anymore. Yeah, he, he literally just wanted to switch places no, with like, me. He and they, they thought I killed him. He said he's going to put me through school. Get me an internship. <laughs> Things is finally happening for old James. I, I knew if I, I just spent my whole life being a good person and doing the right thing, old James is going to get back into this game one day, mama. I tell you what. And then it's like... I like how he calls him old James. Old James. The, the real version of what happened, like the mom gets home and he's like... Hey, like, welcome. You've always been like a second mama to me. How about a hug or something like that? And then they do the reenactment, <laughs> yeah. like in her. She's like, hey, baby, like, how about an open face tongue kiss? <laughs> <laughs> Your dead son in the next room waiting for me. You can have thirds. Yeah. Give He's probably a, like a sweetheart. Give us a kiss. Yeah. Which is something, oh, something no. they always said to each other because that sounds like some, <laughs> some, more like something she would say than he would say. The only thing other yeah. than old James is. Oh, no. Notable kindness was his immaculate eyesight. Everyone called him Falcon Eyed James. Can't no one in the neighborhood see better than Falcon Eyed James? Eyesight only matched by his extreme kindness. Oh, man. That's. <laughs> No one will ever find Tony because his name is James. He's got great eyesight and he's a sweet, uncreepy, employed man. Maybe even. No, he's probably still homeless. Man. Oh man, that's great. <laughs> Some oh, dude man. that's just like <laughs> something finally went right for old James. <laughs> now I'm calling him old James too. That's it's so like... funny. There's two cases left. Yeah, and two. K Beeman, who gets handcuffed to the headboard. That dude, that fat lady getting handcuffed to the headboard was was rough. Should we? I came in uh, when he was watching that, and I was like, "Holy shit! What John Waters movie is this?" <laughs> like, damn, Dave, you're into some fucking kinky porn. That's so funny. Handcuffed to the headboard, screaming eggs, eggs. Couldn't hey. figure it out. Butter eggs, butter eggs for everyone. Hey heifer, let me hog tie you to the bed. How many times have you said yeah. that today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Can. Yeah, we. You listen to the stack pack, the valley's home of rock and roll. Ooh, you're listening to the kiss. Mm. Ah, yeah, baby. Give us a kiss. I'm finally with Raphael James. I'm finally living it up. I got myself an interview next week. 
His mom is. What's the matter? Why are you scared of me? <laughs> I don't understand. The boy left. He left old James this apartment. <laughs> Paid for a whole year. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Nazis. Okay, so we're going to talk about some treasure. Guys, we haven't had treasure in a while, right? Yeah, we haven't. This is pretty... However, I will say this is a Nazi treasure, so I don't necessarily think that it's any type of something to be sought after. This is a terrible story. It's fucking sad-ass treasure. Hey, brother, gold is gold. (laughs) What I'm told. From what I'm told... We have $50 million in gold. All for melted golden teeth yeah. of Jews. Oh, that's, that's what Nazi gold is? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Basically. Uh, Brandon and I watched uh, Leprechaun Back to the Hood, and mm. um, with one of the gold coins, this <laughs> chick decided to make one of her teeth gold, like, plated, and she was like smiling in the camera, and in the mirror with her new gold tooth. <laughs> she did not look as sexy as Hot. she thought she did. Just my opinion. No offense. I'm sure she's a beautiful soul. But how about that segue, ladies and gentlemen? Speaking of Nazi gold teeth, we watched Leprechaun Back to the Hood earlier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gold teeth, man. <laughs> Something in common. So, Treasure, um, we're talking about Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany, 1945 April, to be specific, final days of the Nazi empire. Um, and we got uh, our boy Stack wearing his classic trench. Oh, he's in classic trench. Yeah, you're right. Nazi treasure from all of their conquests. Millions of dollars worth of treasure. And basically, the idea is that they hid it um, in a small Austrian lake, right? Yeah. And here's when we get... Uh, oh, James, to, he's back. You want to introduce our new, oh. our, our our favorite character in this story, Brendan? Uh, sure. Uh, I'd like to introduce him as another voice that I do, which is uh, <laughs> sh- strip club DJ. <laughs> and coming up next to the stage, it's Doctor Gross. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> he stinks. Gross. <laughs> Ooh, Doctor Gross. <laughs> <laughs> What's his first name? Does anybody have his first name? No, it just said Dr. Gross. <laughs> it's probably not even fucking factual. Not right. applicable. <laughs> First name, not applicable. It doesn't matter. He's Dr. Gross. That just, just go with that. First name, doctor. First name, doctor. Last name, gross. <laughs> Ooh, ew. Ooh, let's get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you're letting all the stink out. <laughs> Ooh, your son's dead in here, brother. Am I right? Close that door, baby. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm getting evicted right now. (laughs) Oh, fuck. So Dr. Gross um, was a Nazi. (laughs) He was treated... He he treated Nazi war criminals. Um, Ooh, I'm feeling filthy. Dr. Gross, what? This is... (laughs) Oh man, this this is making my stomach hurt because I'm laughing so much. Jocelyn was right. I told you she she asked you told me what she's like. All these gonna get stupid. You're doing a podcast with Andrew and Brandon. 
I'm leaving you. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the night, though. It's okay. Um, so, Dr. Gross... I'm taking the kids back in the morning. <laughs> he, he, he treated... Dr. <laughs> Dr. Gross treated um, Nazi war criminals like... I don't, was he a psychologist? I don't know. That's all I wrote down. He treated Nazi war criminals. Does anybody have anything else on it? Uh, according <laughs> to recent uh, research... He was gross. Ooh, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> yuck. <laughs> That's such a funny word. I have no clue. What Ooh, yuck. <laughs> yuck. <laughs> That's pretty good. So someone, <laughs> one of these Nazi war criminals that he treated told him about the secret Nazi treasure. <laughs> Guys, they're talking about secret Nazi treasure. You guys don't have those like buttons for like the burps and stuff like that, do you? No, soundboard. <laughs> like a, like a like a morning zoo. Like like holy shit, a radio show with old James and Doctor Gross. That would <laughs> give us a kiss. It's nine in the morning. Give us a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Doctor Gross, and I'm old James. His name is Tony. <laughs> I'm old James. He didn't even look very old. Looks like the floorboards lit up. Let's get nasty. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next caller, you're on the line with Dr. Gross. Yuck. Ooh. <laughs> um, somebody... So basically, one of the pe- one of these people that Doctor Gross was treating, one of these Nazi war criminals, they um, told him about this supposed buried Nazi treasure. It was basically the treasure that of all you know the belongings and the riches of all the people they fucked over and put in their camps and killed and all that stuff. Yeah, the treasure From, of the murdered. Was in, this was in Dachau, right? This was in Dachau, which we've covered before. Uh, it's been a, in previous episodes where we talked about the camp in Dachau. Yeah, they said there was so much um, treasure and jewelry, gold bars, and stamps. So when this when this uh, episode aired, it said it was believed that the treasure, quote unquote, I won't even call it a treasure because it's I, I don't I feel like you have to earn a treasure. Like I feel like this was like straight up stolen belongings from people that were murdered. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't like calling it treasure, but it was believed that these these belongings were worth about fifty million at the time of the episode, which was in ninety two, ninety one, early nineties. So yeah. fifty million in nineteen. I just used nineteen ninety as a um, benchmark. Yeah. So fifty million in nineteen ninety has the same buying power as ninety seven million seven hundred and. Forty-nine thousand four hundred and five and twenty-nine cents. Wow! In two thousand eighteen. So these guys stole that much jewelry and treasure from just the people that they murdered and and imprisoned and shit. That's so fucked up. So yeah, Doctor Gross says that the four uh, there was four officers involved in this. Uh, I guess little like heist. I guess you would call it. And basically, they located a lake on the Swiss border, and th- that would have been their destination. Um, it was still in Austria. So after they, they dumped the treasure, they escaped across the Swiss border, 
and it's believed that one of them went back. Um, and basically it was buried between where the lake was and like a brook or something like that? No, it was buried in the lake. Well, eventually. Eventually. Didn't they first... Yeah, because they buried it next to the lake, and then eventually the lake gets filled and basically covers where they're, the burial, basically, right? Yeah, right. yeah. So, Dr. Gross... <laughs> so <laughs> Dr. Gross! <laughs> so... So he he gets this information and nobody knows if it's true or nobody even knows if what somebody told him was factual or if Dr. Gross might have just made it up because before they were able to conduct their investigation after they figured out a a decent idea of where it might be, Dr. Gross uh, disappeared mysteriously. I'm Dr. Gross and I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think happened to Dr. Gross, Brandon? Ooh, gross. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just like, it's weird that I think there should be another Unsolved Mysteries on where's that gross doctor at. Yeah, where, where's, the, where's the gross doctor? Haven't we done an Unsolved where Mystery about a Nazi war criminal already? Is Dr. Gross. Ew. <laughs> we've done another we've done a missing person. Well, no, it was like a, this guy might be a Nazi war criminal, right? It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, let's do a missing person search for Vermis. <laughs> so Stack pack, reaching back to the community. We're well, currently looking for a Nazi criminal. So the area that it was buried over, eventually 75 feet of water would uh, sit on top of that. And then um, uh, over the years, the water level decreased a lot. And there's, there's still treasure hunters looking in, Aus- in Austria for it. Where is it? I don't know. Is Dr. Gross full of shit? I don't know. Um, Maybe. They're all... Hey, it's like my grandfather always said, right? One man's trash is another man's melted gold Jew teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty terrible and pretty awful. In the archives, probably like archives of information and notes they had about the Nazi party... They did find. They pretty much found information that pretty much made them think that the, this treasure did exist. There was a guy named Frederick Veter who was uh, seen by multiple people leaving with like boxes, ammunition boxes. They think they put all the treasure in ammunition boxes, and um, and a lot of and he was the one who went back. Everyone else escaped. So they never saw the three dudes. He went back to his family, and he was caught. So a lot of people think that this Frederick Viter, Viter was, in fact, Dr. Gross's informant. But we shall never know. Maybe they're both full of shit. No one's ever Maybe. found it. Uh, this is another... Okay, this is a good one. We're, we're, uh, this is our last case of the night. It's a wanted case. And this one um, is a, a little cooler than Treasure. Uh... <laughs> We're gonna be talking about oh, this. Oh, this, this one's actually kind of dope. I mean, it, it's it's about a prison jail break. <gasps> yeah, I agree. <laughs> but it, it's so underwhelming how it happens. Let's get into it. Uh, wanted. Um, we're talking about uh, Kay Beeman. Um, we get her daughter's face blacked out, and she's like crying, saying that she want misses her mom, but doesn't know what to think. She doesn't know if she's a victim or a criminal. Kay Beeman was divorced. Um, she had a son and daughter who were nearly grown, and she worked as a detention officer at a prison. 
She was a corrections officer, I guess is what they call them. I don't know. So 2.12 a.m., Kay did her regular check, uh, you know, making sure people are, you know, in there and everything's moving copacetically and everything's going around. In the reenactment, they actually, she, like, tells, like, she tells the other girl, like, oh, I'll do the check. Like, I'll do it. I'll do it today. She's like, cool. She stays there. So this is around 2.12 a.m. The only people there was Kay going to look around and this other lady and uh who was another prison officer another officer working and there was a off, uh prisoner working in the adjacent room across a couple minutes later in comes ed kerns edgar kerns to be specific uh maximum security prisoner and he kind of like forced her into the hall and she in the reenactment she's like you know how serious this is like don't even do it and she just saw that she she said she saw an open bathroom door and she just ran towards it as fast as she could and she, she, I don't know if she locked it or she got it closed somehow. And she, uh, she was just trying to, you know, keep away from them. Take a dump. Or maybe she just. <laughs> oh, maybe. Got him. Prison breakout. I gotta take a shit, brother. These. <laughs> I'm gonna run straight to the restroom and lock it. These prisoners scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Could be. Um. So, Kay, uh... Elena, what was going on in your mind? Well, I was scared shitless. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) So, I locked myself in the bathroom, and I basically shit myself. I painted a wall or two, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Did a paint job. So, Kay had been taken hostage by these guys, um, and uh, the lady who's, like, taking a... Doing a paint job in the restroom... (laughs) It's like, what are they going to do to Kay? She's real worried. She, you know, did she come out of the bathroom? Nope. <laughs> she stayed locked in there. So basically, the cell doors were clicked open and they were all gone. Ed Kearns, it was like Ed Kearns and uh, a guy named James Barnes, and um, they were gone. And so was uh, the car. And everything. Kay's Wait a car. Minute. When she got, when she left the restroom. No, no, the not. They, she, they. She's they the one like, who left the restroom. The, the uh, not. We're not talking about the person didn't who's. They come and get her out of the restroom. The person who's missing. No. The person who stayed mi- in the restroom. No, there was two girls. There was two guards. Yeah. One of them stayed in the restroom. The other one was Kay. Kay Beeman right? is the one who's the missing person. I could have sworn. Or they, the wanted I person. Sworn they went and got her out of the restroom. That's what I'm. Uh, that's all I'm no. saying. No. Wow. No, 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 no. We're watching it right now. We could tell. No, yeah, I, I am. I'm waiting for it. I, I thought it was like, hey, get the fuck out of here. We're going to fucking kill it. Like, all right, but you're going to want to give that 20, 30 <laughs> minutes, brother. All right. Is <laughs> <laughs> someone open a window for. <laughs> she just runs away from the officers and kind of like locks herself in the room. Michelle is the other officer. She was real scared. Um, so basically Michelle, Michelle not Michelle because she's blacked out no 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 that's the daughter Michelle ta- oh. she talks about it the other officer she talks about it. the off- oh, the okay. daughter is blacked out the one who's like oh I don't know what to think of my mom so Edgar this other guy and Kay Beeman escape and basically um, that's it nobody knows what happened to them they took Kay Beeman's car um, two days later blacked out uh daughter 
right on cue. Blacked out daughter um, talks about how her mom did give her a call and said that she was okay. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. And that I love you and that she went with them. Um, a couple days later, James Barnes was arrested. He didn't uh, get very far. He said that Kay's car was used in the getaway and she actually helped Edgar Planet and, and they were in love with each other. Um, they were romantically involved for at least three months. And then we get a little cool reenactment, um, through the bars where like this, like kind of short lady is Roseanne type, like a Roseanne type is like (laughs) caressing this male prisoner through the bars. It's kind of funny. Um, did she help? Yeah, definitely. So, do we know what happened to them? Is this mystery solved? Can we, the, the Stack Pack, solve it? Can you, the Stack Pack listener, solve it? I liked when... Uh, no need. When they did all that, uh, the interviews afterwards, and like, well, if you could say anything to her, what would you say? And it's like, well, I mean, I just want to know if she's all right, whatever. And then the daughter's like, I want to know why. Why does she do this to me? <laughs> and then I would love to picture like if she actually did get her wish granted like the mom's like well sweetie it's very simple I decided to take the love of a fugitive over you <laughs> <laughs> I picked that that was my choice I mean I love you but she had to explain herself we know that she had to explain herself she, uh, you know, we don't get to see that on the Unsolved Mysteries episode, but we know for a fact that at some yeah. point she now had to explain herself. <laughs> so it's only but. natural that you find out, but there ain't no love like a fugitive's love. <laughs> <laughs> so they were both captured very quickly. Six hours later. In Where were they? They were they were in Danida. They were in Danida with Dan. Hey. They were checked into the Beach Motor Motel in Hamilton, Ontario. Yeehaw! All three of us said that sentence. On September 10th, they were um, under the guise of Fred and Sandy Smith at this motel. And uh, the manager had seen their pictures while watching Unsolved Mysteries. He's like, hey. So I guess they used to get Unsolved Mysteries in Canada, but now they don't. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. They do. It's just that Unsolved Mysteries is a different app. Amazon Prime is a different app in Canada than it is in the U.S. Uh, They do have it. It's just difficult. They got to make it complicated. Oh, yeah. How'd you watch it today, Dan? Had to go to a stupid Amazon Video Prime site and change my country, so my Amazon Prime account probably no longer works in America. So, um, so Joe Manager—that was his first and last name. He, as he's watching Unsolved Mysteries, he sees uh, the lady's picture come on. He's like, "I'm pretty sure that looks familiar," and he tells his wife. And then they're watching it, and then the other guy's picture comes on. And the, and the reenactment's way skinnier than the actual guy by a long shot. And um, his picture comes on the screen, and they definitely knew. Um, they were in room 12. They called the police, 
And when they got there, the SWAT team uh, broke in and they were not there. Apparently, somebody had seen them get into a cab. We see the cab driver for a second and he says that he dropped him off at the Red Rose Motel. <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously, like that's, that's definitely uh, the honorary stack pack member right there. Jean-Paul Garreau, he's the one that solved the case. He's, he's the cab driver. He's the linchpin. That's where I took him. Coming uh, next to the stage, Jean-Paul Garreau with his taxi cab confession. Ooh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> gross. Um, so what's funny is they were booked under their real names at this second hotel. It's like they didn't. Why? It's like they didn't even know that somebody was on to them. Um, so they were. So the cops went in. They were forced. He was forced to the floor, like right outside the door, and she was in a bed she she was in the bed and they just cuffed her to the bed they just like left her cuffed to the bed and yeah. are and you drinking a glass of white wine right now is that you <laughs> no no that's his profile picture <laughs> like, where'd you get that wine and he changed your shirt so quick dad are you still there yeah your picture paused <laughs> You changed your shirt. Where'd you get that white wine? Why aren't you moving? Your your profile picture just covered whatever I see you as. I was like, oh shit! Like, cheers, man. But how the fuck did you get that white wine so fast? Why aren't you? And you changed. When did you get time to change? Are you talking about me? Yeah. That's your profile picture, just like totally covered. When you when you like look at stuff, other stuff on your phone or whatever, it cuts to your profile picture. But what what's my profile? It's just you I'm holding it's a you glass, holding of, white a glass wine. of white wine like a fancy girl. Like look it up right now Dude. and see what I just saw. And I'm freaky. Yeah. Brandon was like, "You change your shirt and you have a glass of wine in your." Head. It was funny. I was like, but my my natural reaction was just to go, "Oh fuck it, cheers! Don't question anything ever. Cheers." <laughs> it was rough. They were cuffed to the bed, um, and on the way to the. On the way to the station, they uh, uh, he actually asked how he was caught, and they uh, and the officers asked him if he'd ever seen Unsolved Mysteries, and he said, "Of course," and and he was like, "You were on that show today," and he was astounded. He's just like, "No way, <laughs> way!" So, so they were both extradited to the U.S. Kearns completed his prison term and. Um, uh, Kay actually served time for her part in the escape. Um, after he got out, they lived together. It didn't say they got married, but they lived together until Kay's death. In 2002. 2002, okay. So they did have a little bit of happiness. Um, Just a little. So that mystery solved. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A lot of these were solved, like this one, six hours after the episode aired. Someone was like, hey, I know that lady. I've seen her. <laughs> it, you have to think about this about it this way too, Brandon. Like everybody had like what like ten TV stations, twenty tops. If, yeah, and everybody watched TV. E- even if you everyone tuned in. Even if you didn't, a friend of a friend of to a friend saw pack? it. No, oh, to, only. that's all mystery. <laughs> no, not to the stack pack. No DVR. No nothing. Just straight up. Live television. That's pretty much... Yeah, that's the story of Kay Beeman. 
Um, there is an end to that. Uh, this is a pretty special uh, episode. What are your guys' uh, maybe just overall thoughts on on the whole thing? Special moments. I think uh, I want to know what what I want to know is what happened in Doctor Gross. <laughs> <laughs> He's still um, living it, nasty, baby. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be so old. The tragedy of old James's name being disparaged. Yeah. Definitely, definitely my favorite was uh, Adam and Tony. Oh, yeah. That's very interesting, Adam and Tony. Um, I, do like, I do like the Freedom as well. A.K.A. old James. Freedom was good. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Um, I can't wait to see what we do next week. Uh, because next week, I'm I'm so glad you asked, David. Oh, what we're doing next us. week? <laughs> we got a freak accident of a mother and its son that happened 25 years apart, and some believe that they were murdered because they had f- seen the face of the same killer. We also have a uh, case, a strange case, I will say, an unsolved case of ESP twins. One had an accident, and the other saw it from her living room, 20 miles away. What? And then we we also need the help of the audience to track down a serial child molester, which sounds awful. And another Lost Loves reunited after 30 years. Great. So, yeah. Are we still going to do Lost Loves? No, we doing no with I'd say we ditch them. Uh, for now, for now. We'll do it. I'll figure it out. So, yeah, thanks so much. Um, we're at the Stack Pack on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But, yeah, more Twitter and Instagram. More Instagram. Um, thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. Um, I'm at Davey Howe on Twitter and Instagram. That's D-A-V-Y-H-O-W. Road underscore underscore Dan. And at Big Bad Bunny. Brandon Torres at www.bigdickbrandon.com <laughs> slash Dr. Gross slash Chichi Alamichi. Do you want to get, you can give your social media things, but it, unless you don't want new friends. Some people don't want new friends. That's fine. I have no clue what it is. I don't even know what the fuck I ate for dinner today, so I don't know what my own <laughs> Brandon86 yeah, Brandon86, uh, the great Brandini. A.K.A. Uncle, A.K.A. Uncle Bingo to my kids. The original Burger Magoo. That's Burger Times 2. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. It's been a good one. Uh, also, my, that was my brother Andrew Howell at the beginning. He's got work early tomorrow. Um, he's at uh, bitchboy. <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit fart. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, gross. A.W. <laughs> Howell, I think. Yeah, whatever. Um, anyways, for every mystery, there's somebody somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone is listening to the stack pack. Probably not. But perhaps, maybe perhaps that someone is you. Um, good night and good luck. Have a beautiful week. Uh, see you next time.